welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Ninth State Sports Show, Lacrosse Edition. I'm your host, Joe Marcellina from nh-highschoolsports.com. Alongside me once again is Chris Hetler, head coach of the Dairyfield Boys Lacrosse Team. Coach, as always, thanks for joining me. Joe, if I pass out, just uh, pass the water over. <laughs> uh, we skipped right to summer today, apparently. Sure we did. Uh, it definitely feels like summer outside. Glad to be inside and, and that, that uh, they've got the air conditioning on here. Of course, it, we are at uh, Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua. We are here pretty much every Wednesday around 7 o'clock recording the show. Uh, feel free to send us your questions or feedback at nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at nhhsports. Uh, the show is available every Thursday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com or you can catch it on iTunes. Well, I think the, uh, the place where everyone's probably going to expect us to start this week is uh, with um, the game. Uh, <laughs> what's become the game in New Hampshire uh, this past Monday, uh, Bishop Gurdon, Pinkerton, Boys Lacrosse. Which it sounds like we were lucky to get it, you know, after the big rains on Sunday and, and uh, playing on grass and everything. It's just good that we even got that game in. Um, but it, sound, it sounds like field conditions might have actually played, played a little bit of a role in that game. It did, I think, but, but evenly enough. Um, you know, looking at looking at the two teams, do you think do you think athletically it, it, on turf would it have, would it have been any different? I think the big d biggest difference, um, you know, might have been that BG would have been able to play the game a little bit faster. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they they got that lead in the second half, went into the fourth quarter, uh, eventually got it up to four, and kind of slowed things down, yep. um, which you don't typically see them do well strategy strategy you're playing the game the way you need to play it for that day and um you know you live right you, right you, of course well win and, and move and on and that day they were on a field that that trying to get up and down the field was was a little bit tougher there was a lot of slipping going on uh, on both sides um it wasn't you know it wasn't just bg it wasn't just pinkerton a couple of guys lost their footing um you know i know fortunately no instances where you you know someone goes to shoot the ball and it sticks in the mud or something like that or, or even just or somewhere. even just injuries the or knee right, your cleat right, sticking yep. that's what that's what you worry about on days like that i mean even today we had a nice day but the the ground at hollis was was a little bit squishy and you're always worried about someone taking a step and the cleat not releasing so that's great that people came out with that but i gotta think one of the big stories for that game was the play of gianno mara in the uh, in the face-off circle G and the possessions they were able to to get from I, that i've seen them three times now um and and it have been incredibly impressed with uh, with Mara because Didn't disappoint. he is a kid who, uh, according to, to Coach Brian O'Reilly, maybe took a handful of face-offs last year. Um, you know, they went to him when they found out Nathan Liberty wasn't coming back and said, hey, can you, you know, can you work on this? He worked on it. Um, kid's a tremendous athlete. athlete. He's a, a football player, a hockey player. Um, and, I mean, he just was well enough that, that BG ended up rotating in a bunch of guys trying to take face-offs with him. Um, and, and we said that was going to be zone. one of the keys to Pinkerton's season is we knew they had, even even with some of the injuries they've had, you know, I believe, did, did Sweeney play in the Sweeney game? Sweeney came back and to, played, actually scored the yeah. first goal of the game about but a minute in. And so um, no we Valentine knew they would be able to them. score this year, but, you know, would they get enough possessions, especially against a team like BG? Um, and, they, you know, I think I think what was about 50-50, right, in that game? Uh, more Pretty than close. that. He, he, he handled it. Like he, I don't know what the percentages were exactly. Um, but he definitely won more of the faceoffs in that yeah. game. So that'll be an interesting that'll be an interesting matchup if that if if we get a repeat of that in the semifinals or in the finals. That 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 I think that's that's the battle right there. Um, you know, and it was um, you know I, I I wrote something about this today it was up on nh-highschoolsports.com earlier today that you know just the way 
recent history, plus I think the way you look at that game, um, going into a, a rematch, whether it's a semifinal or a final, is a bit of a toss-up. I, you know, I, I think they're both very evenly matched teams. Do you uh, think either coach tipped their hand a little bit? Did anybody, did any, did, you know, do you think Coach O'Reilly, did he tip his hand on how he was going to play Brian come playoffs? Did they play him pretty straight up? Uh, you know, it seemed like it for most of the game. Um, and I'm Actually, Coach Cameron actually mentioned it, and I'm going to try to try to find here what he what he said about the way that they played Brian because it did, it did take them, you know, Pinkerton came out and got out to a 2 nothing lead early. Um, BG came back and tied it 2-2. But for mo a good portion of the first half and even into the second, it was 7-7, at half, Pinkerton was able to get the lead, um, you know, early on though, and and you know he, I'm trying to remember now what how exactly they came out and played him, um, but it was it was one of those games where early on he was finding guys, um, and they yeah, and other other players were scoring. Yeah. I mean, you think he finished with three goals, um, with I think all of them came in the second half too, you know, after he'd been able to get some other guys involved. You know, and then they kind of have to readjust and, and, mm -hmm. and play other players and kind of opens things up for them. And so some of the, I think we, you know, some of the answers, we had some answers to, uh, you know, how, how the defenders in front of Sturgis would play. It seemed like they held up pretty well. Um, for the most part. Um, I think towards the end of the game, you know, maybe, maybe there was a little bit of a, a letdown. But again, those are, um, I, I, but I think the thing that was most, maybe the most um, glaring thing that they needed to work on was just, pressing BG a little bit more, you know, as they were trying to, to run out the clock. Um, they weren't coming out maybe as aggressively as, as Coach O'Reilly would have liked. And he did say afterwards that, you know, it's not something you need, you know, you need to, to do until you actually until you have to, have do, to it. do it. And uh, you don't know whether you can do it until you, until you yeah, get tested. Right. It's a so very hard thing to simulate during practice. I mean, both of those teams are blessed with a little more depth than most teams have. Um, and they probably can practice a little bit more during practice. But again, you have your starters going against second and third string guys. It's just not the same as having to do it uh, in a live situation like that. So probably, you know, good learning experience for both Pinkerton and BG. Um, the other big question we had coming into that game was kind of, you know, how would BG handle the, ri the traditional pressure rides of Pinkerton? Um, you know, better, better than expected. Um, you know, they actually... Um, Coach Cameron said that he had been, you know, that's something that they've been working on more in practice is, is live um, clears. And it, it showed. I mean, not that they were perfect on them, and, and, you know, maybe they weren't up to what his standard was, but it was good enough. It um, wasn't quite the bugaboo that it had been in regular season yeah, games yeah. the past couple of years. I mean, yeah. you look at a couple of their regular season games in the past with, with Pinkerton, and, and that's you could point to that as one of the reasons why they, you know, maybe didn't win those games is because Pinkerton they had weren't more able opportunities, to clear, yeah. more touches. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Yeah. So def definitely one of the more entertaining and fun games of the year so far. Um, and you you hope you get a second, you know, uh, a second showing of it at I some have a point. Feeling, I have a feeling we will. I have a feeling we will. But, um, you know, for both teams, um, you know, the schedule – Schedule uh, is, you know, it, it has its ups and downs. I mean, uh, BG BG has Londonderry going on right now, and looks like they have that game pretty well in hand. And then they then they go to Manchester Central, and then they have a matchup with Reading, another another really good team, um, you know, perennially in in, um, in Massachusetts. And then they've got Exeter on the schedule with Severian Brothers after that. I know so it's, it's a big a, a, big week, not just four yep. games, but three of those games, you know, are are are, are you know tough opponents. Um, just. Actually saw Exeter today taking on um, Bedford at Bedford, you know, and, and that was a, a just a, a grind out kind of game. Um, 
you know, I think that I think the weather, um, you know, we're two weeks yeah, ago we, we can were saying get how into that. Um, we were saying how the cold weather was impacting games. Well, today it was, you know, today was the, the heat. The today was definitely yeah, the uh, yeah. the first. As we talk into D two, there's some interesting scores in D two that we can get to. But um, yeah, I mean, we even um, you know before we went to Hollis today, Coach McDonough called me and said, hey, you know, we may we may institute you know mandatory water, you know, the refs may institute mandatory water breaks. I mean, you know, we can say, oh, you know, it's 90 degrees, 85, whatever it is. But at the same time, this is the first time kids have been exposed to that. Mm -hmm. And to go right from 50s and 60s right to 90, and you can tell kids to drink water all week long, whether or not they're doing it. And even if they are, you haven't been out there running, you know, and, yeah. it, and it's, it takes a toll on those guys. And for the, with the exception of the BGs and Pinkertons, most teams are just not that deep. You're playing one, maybe two lines of midfield. And some and some deep middies, and it just it, it wears on guys. You know, it takes a toll on the media guys too. You know, sometimes you're standing <laughs> on the sideline there, and you're thinking you're gonna, you know, do lots of get lots of great video from this game, and then you realize, you know, you haven't been doing any video and and haven't been tweeting enough updates, and you yeah. know, you start kicking yourself. So it's uh, it's an adjustment period for for everyone. For everybody, yeah. So Pinkerton Pinkerton has uh, they might be catching Londonderry at the right time. They've got Londonderry coming up, and Londonderry's had a tough tough go of it here. Uh, you know, they have a great win over over uh, Portsmouth the other day by one. It takes a lot out of them. And then they got to turn around and play BG today. And then on Friday, it looks like they're playing Pinkerton. That might be the right time for Pinkerton to be playing them. Uh, but Pinkerton has to turn around the next day and play Cohasset. So, you know, they, they've got the they've got the back to back games there. That'll be that'll be a good uh, stretch for them as well. well. Going going beyond that Friday for for Londonderry, too. I mean, they've got then got Bedford and Sauhegan and Exeter. Uh, again after that so uh, a really tough stretch you know we we've kind of been talking about them as a team that you know w what where are they exactly are they with bedford are they with exeter or are they a little bit you know behind them so we're going to find out about that i know they just played at exeter last week uh, in a game that got flipped due to uh some field conditions um you know but that that was you know we mentioned that game against bg today um, one of what I felt like was a handful of games that were just, uh, you know, maybe not huge implications, but but some that, that, that I'm, I'm had I'm impressed some with what Londonderry has done. You know, they beat, they go out and they, they make a real statement over Wyndham, winning 18 to nine, um, and then turning around and beating a very good Portsmouth team. You know, a team with with high expectations and, and uh, chances to win the D2 title this year, 12-11, and they were up, they were up bigger in that game as well. They, you know, Portsmouth did a nice job of rallying and coming back and. When we get into D2, we can talk more about that game. But um, I, I, I am impressed. We, we really did not know who was going to score for Londonderry this year, and they're finding all kinds of guys in the box score to get it done for them. You know, another team that, um, you know, we kind of wondered about going into the season, I think I know you've said you – we're kind of they're kind of opening your eyes as, as Salem. Yeah, um, I kind of like I kind of like them as one of the one of our last teams in and sort of in that top eight there, and you know uh, having a great win, you know picking up a big win over Wyndham. I talked to Coach Meehan and uh, he was uh, he or Megan and he was very impressed with his guys. They came out a little bit flat. We're down four nothing at the half. End up rattling off seven straight goals by seven different guys for his team and wins the game seven to four. And so just a, a, a great win for him there. Yeah. And then turns around the next day and they beat Concord fifteen to nine today. So Salem's that's Salem's their, um, now they, they get above they get above five hundred now at five and four. Um that's you know, their second win over Concord too this yeah. year. So that's big for, for tiebreakers mm -hmm. and, and all that kind of stuff. And then they've got two coming up with Sauhegan, so those are you know, now how I, how accurate do you, do you think they're do you no, really think they're they're playing back they to back they, they're, they're playing back, back they're doing a home and yeah. away they're oh doing yeah. a home and away that we're playing too the um <laughs> the home game was supposed to be uh, Monday I believe um, and that got postponed um, 
and it and the the other one is definitely um you know a, an earlier game so huge implications there if they can come out of that with at least a split you know you're looking you're looking at six and five and then you've got merrimack nashua north pentucket um Manchester Central, so there's some wins there, and then and then you've got a Dover, you've got Dover in there, you've got a Girton and a Bedford. So if you could win one out of the three of those games, you're setting yourself up for a nice end of the season there, and a you know a nice uh, a playoff run. Yeah. So again, another big game uh, going on. Um, you know, you met, you alluded to your game today against Hollis Brookline, um, one of a handful again in Division Two that were were pretty big coming into today. Um, Wednesday, uh, you guys come away with a, a, a seven nothing win, um, which, you know, you, you would you 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 get the uh, touchdown early, go gets the extra <laughs> point, and then, and then just uh, play some pretty good defense the rest of the way. You know, it kind of felt it was one of those weird games where you felt like the game was never in doubt; it was always in hands. The defense was playing great. Our our goalie Avery Truex, Truex was playing fantastic. We were facing off well. Um, but it was a game where there were 13 penalties, uh, 10 by Derryfield and three by Hollis, and it was just a very choppy game. Um, you know, it was the first game in hot weather and on a, on a grass field, so you can make all the excuses, but uh, <laughs> we did not execute. Uh, their goalie, Garrett Maloney, played very, very well, um, made some very good saves, and, you know, we just uh, we didn't capitalize the way we should have. But I, I definitely do think the weather uh, and the field conditions played, played a factor in that game. We want to play fast. And, um, you know, the combination of the, the hot temperatures and the, and the field definitely did not allow us to play the game we wanted to play today. What is it? That's one goal allowed now for you guys in your last two? Um, in our last two. And then, I mean, if you go all the way back to John Stark, um, you know, with our starters in, uh, they scored one goal. They scored one goal in that game. So the defense is playing. I give a huge shout out to our defense to to max horton and alex neville and jacob schulten brian schwab and our goalie avery truex um they are just doing a tremendous job even when the offense isn't clicking um we've been we've been really shutting teams down on the defensive ends you know the um the game that maybe more people in d2 had their eyes on was um big one out on the seacoast with two undefeated teams when it kind of it's what seven and oh dover five and oh going into that game and another kind of Dover strange score there. Yeah, um, uh, sorry, um, excuse me. Winnicunit kind of showing that they they belong. You know, going into playing playing uh, Dover, I believe it was six three at the half. Uh, uh, actually, I think it was two one six three at the end of the third. Maybe that's two yes, one. That's at, what, I think it was right. two one at halftime. Dover. Yeah. Um, so just uh, so yeah, kind of know, a again probably you know both teams playing on grass, hot weather day. Dover coming off a long long layoff. They hadn't played since the twenty fourth. Right vacation week you know you don't know how many guys were at practice every day and you know how many practices did you get in and you, and you just you can't simulate a game you know so you're coming in in a, in a rivalry a big rivalry game so um you know but but uh, a great you know kudos to to win a for coming out there and showing that you know they're in the mix and, and a team to be reckoned with going forward and uh, dover with a couple of uh interesting road trips coming up coming out to play Windham this Friday at Windham, and then coming out to play uh, Dairy Field on Wednesday. They got us week. on the ninth, so it'll be it'll be a good good stretch. They got a they got a Spalding thrown in there in between, um, yeah. but it'll be a good good stretch for Dover, and I think we'll kind of we'll get a we'll get a feel for the landscape of, of D two at that point, you know, and yeah. kind of see where things will shake out. And I, I I mean you know as much as as Winnicott, it's probably disappointed about that loss, you know, um, they're still in pretty good shape. They're in great you shape. Know, it, of course, they got a couple of uh, tough games to end the season, but you know, with, at seven and one, um, 
very much in line for one of those top seeds and and you know who knows they they pull off uh they got you know some of their harder the games they've got they do have hollis at home so they're they're, they're gonna have hollis at home they do have to travel to windham and to dairy field they have portsmouth at home so that that stretch that last four games will kind of dictate where where they they finish in the seating but they're looking at probably a you know somewhere around ten wins, mm-hmm. which will which would you know they've got a they've got a chance outside shot at a top four seed. I'd say at worst ten wins. I mean, right. if, if they end up less than that, that might be kind of a, a letdown at this point. They're um, sitting at seven now, and I think I think they've got they've got it looks you know with Alvern and Spalding you know not to look past them, but I think you know you can you can probably look at them as as two potential wins there, and then you know if you split the last two games, you go you go two and two. You know, at worst, you're looking you're looking at ten or eleven wins. Yeah, so I yeah. agree with you. You know, in a in a game, another big game in the division in Division Two um, that looks like it was played with pretty much no defense. Uh, <laughs> uh, Merrimack Valley sixteen shootout, a, a 18, unbelievable. Eighteen sixteen win for Goffstown. Um, you know, who was coming off a uh, a close loss uh, against John Stark yesterday, um, or excuse me, the day before, I believe. Um, you know, Jet, that's just a huge win for for Goffstown. Seems like it seems like a slow. It was a slow start for Goffstown. Uh, it seemed uh, John Stark jumped out to an eight three eight three advantage, and then uh, and Goffstown slowly clo- closed the gap. and And it seemed like it w- I think at one point it got tied up, and then and then John Stark hung on at the end there for a win. So that's a, that's a great win for John Stark, and, and uh, a much needed win for them to to battle for for a playoff spot as well. Um, you know, Merrimack Valley, holy cow, are they dangerous, man. If they can get, you know, if they can start making some stops and getting some saves in the net, um, they are putting up, consistently putting up big numbers on the offensive end. Um, but they, they've got a tough road ahead, too. They still have to play John Stark. They've got Hollis. They've got Dover. They've got St. Thomas, right. John Stark again. Um, you know, so, but again, a team that is capable of winning 10 or 11 games if they start stringing together some wins there. You know, and um, you know, you mentioned St. Thomas coming off um, what must have been a, a huge win for them the other night against Oyster River, um, who just can't seem to get any luck. Um, you know, down, down big, down big. I think it was, uh, I think it was like six to two at one point, and then uh, St. Thomas comes storming back to tie it at six. Uh, Oyster River, Oyster River goes up by a goal with you know a minute and change left, and then St. Thomas, you know, must have. Pinched and popped a couple. Tim, and, Tim and Bouchard got, got a couple of face-off wins, yep. found guys, and, and, and yeah, got him uh, right back in it. Set, hung on, you know. I think they they went up, and I think there was about 44 seconds left, and hung on for the hung on for the win. Um, so, great great win for Coach Houlihan and his kids out there. Um, brings them to four and three on the season, you know. And that's that's another dangerous team that you know playing very very good defense. And in the playoffs, you know, if you're playing good defense and you can get a team on the ropes and and get a couple couple goals going you can make teams nervous and so coach Woolahan's got his guys playing well right now big game for them coming up on Friday uh, with Goffstown coming to, to town um, and you know as I said to you about Oyster River uh, before we got on here today um, you know we don't know their result yet with with Wyndham today I think that could be an interesting game but they've got to be the best 0-6 team in the state uh, totally agree easily could be three and three um, Three you losses know, by two goals or less. You know, a one-goal loss to St. Thomas, a one-goal loss to Timberlane, uh, you know, a two-goal loss to Goffstown. They play, you know, that 15-3 that to three score against Portsmouth is a little bit deceiving. I, I watched that game, and they played hard throughout that game. They were, they were giving Portsmouth a good battle. And, you know, Portsmouth just wore them down in the second half, and they were able to get some goals there. So, yes, very, very good team. Coach Haley's got his guys playing well. 
and um, you know they just uh, hopefully they can they can keep their spirits up and they're not sustaining injuries because there's some wins on the backside of that schedule. Now the other game that I kind of uh, highlighted in Division Two today uh, was actually a, a crossover game between Keene and Manchester Central, and I marked that as a big one uh, for the main reason that you know Keene wins that game they get an extra point in their rating uh, because it's a, a play winning a, a win a division up. They get um, back to four and four and they get, and, and they, they get, get an, an extra point. And they get and an extra point. You know, as that. of, as of us doing this right now, Wednesday night, they're up nine, four, um, I believe in the third quarter. So looking like they're going to get that extra point, which, you know, it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're, you're coming down to it, a close, it you can know, be the difference between a home, home first round right. game and, a, and an away first round right. game, or, mm -hmm. you know, a, a, even a home quarterfinal game, depending on how, how the backside of their stretch goes, uh, schedule wise. Um, so yeah, they, they've, they've got, um, they've got to win that one and then they've got to turn around and on Friday, they've got a tough Timberlane team in there who, who played, uh, Portsmouth to an 11, six game as well. Um, Matt Licata playing well for them right now. Um, Timberlane, Timberlane's a, g a good team too right now. And of course, you Dairyfield's got the uh, game against Wyndham coming up on Saturday. Um, you guys are what playing that game at St. A's? Yep, Battle of the Cats, five forty-five, uh, raising money for six hundred three lacs in Manchester Pal to uh, to get kids more kids playing uh, lacrosse, uh, specifically in the in the city of Manchester, but also in the in the surrounding you know throughout the state. Um, we raised over $6,000 last year, and we're hoping, hoping to break that this year to get buy more equipment and get more kids involved. Is it just a, is there, is it one of those as people come in, you guys are looking for, how does that work? All proceeds, so the, the tickets, tickets go on sale for the game, and all proceeds from the game will, uh, will, go, towards, uh, will go towards raising money for 603 lakhs and, and Manchester Pell. All right. Glad you guys are doing that, getting to play on the uh, on the big stage a little bit early. Uh, we got a scoreboard watch a little bit though, because uh, Saint Saint A's with a with a big win um, over Saint uh, Saint Rose made the uh, made the semifinals, and they will be traveling to Lemoyne. And if they're able to upset Lemoyne, they're gonna they they would like to practice, and we will gladly push the game time back for them <laughs> uh, if they are able to pull off that upset. So um, keep your, if you're planning on attending the game, what you're saying is keep your scoreboard eyes watch peeled, a little bit. Uh, make sure you know everything the, will get pushed the, back the by an hour. The start time does stay or goes back. Um, we would be happy to support St. Anselm. They've been great. They've been great to uh, provide the field for us free of charge, and uh, so we're hoping uh, go Hawks come Friday. So we got a, a couple D3 scores that we were kind of trying to keep an eye on here um, today too. Um, you know, the one that kind of jumps off the page at me right now, though, is that Pelham Trinity game. Pelham coming out with a 16-4 to win. Uh, that just, you know, I, I'm I'm a little stunned by that, to be honest. I, I'm very stunned by it because I, I know the offensive uh, firepower that Trinity is capable of putting up. So um, I think there, you know, there, there could be something going on there. I mean, Trinity, Trinity coming off of the last time they played was on April 19th. And they lose four to three at Interlakes Moultonboro. So that tells me that maybe there's some guys banged up. That something something's going on there where the offense just isn't clicking right now. Um, and we knew coming in the season that Trinity's goalie was banged up. But yeah, that's an impressive score for Pelham to put up. And it's it's looking like the hype was real. We had them circled as one of the teams that you know would would uh, challenge uh, Hopkinton for for the title again uh, and keep them from repeating. And it looks like they are they are definitely one of those teams to beat. You know, another uh, another game that we were watching mainly because um, 
you know, I think it would would really tell us finally, you know, what's up with Kearsarge this year. Um, of course, a runner-up last year in Division Three, they did lose a lot. We thought they might be able able to make the playoffs again this year, but you know, not looking good for them at this point. They lose today, um, twenty to five to Hopkinton. Um, you know, and that's now four losses in a row. Three of those by you know they've given up an average of they've eighteen goals. They've given up goals. a lot of uh, goals. Um, so I think I think Kearsarge on this end. I I think when they they still had the firepower when they were able to get the ball, but I. I think maybe it's a rebuilding season on the defensive end and in the net. You know, and on the other end of that, Hopkinton, that's two games in a row now that they've put up 20 goals. Um, you know, and, and then you've got you've got them at um, – Let's see if Interlakes Moltenboro is real. Let's see if they're for real. They're so coming up next, but th- I was going to say the game after that, um, at going Laconia to Laconia, well. so two the, big, the two, two, big games two undefeated on teams side. left um, in the division. Uh, or excuse me um, – Pelham's still undefeated, too. I forget about that because they've only played they've three only games. They've only played three games. Um, but the last two for them have been huge, getting wins over Plymouth and Trinity. Um, you know, two pretty big game wins for them. But, you know, what what really um, is interesting to me in Division Three is, you know, we mentioned Kearsarge. You know, Manadnock was a playoff team last year. They're down a little bit. Trinity's, you know, it, it down in the standings. It's allowed some teams. You've got Co Brown in there at 3-1, and one, coming off a big win yesterday against Milford. Interlakes Moltenboro, like we said, you know, had a, had that big win over Trinity. They're at three and one, and then Milford's even. Moved I was going to say, and how two. about Milford? If Milford's able to win that game, they're four and one right now, and boy, they're three and two with a nice win over Bishop Brady. Their offense is really clicking. I told you, I told you, watching them in indoor this year, they have some players that can, that can go. They've got some very good athletes out. Uh, Gavin Erda with a big game today. Coach Erda's son. Um, you know, they, they do have to play. They've got Laconia. they got to turn around and play Laconia tomorrow. So hopefully hopefully they got a few goals left in them after that 17-goal outburst today. Um, but that'll be an interesting score to see there. And they've up they've and got a rough stretch next next two weeks, you know, four straight road games, um, one of them to Plymouth, one of them to Monadnock, you know, not easy trips to make. So, you know, I think that's that those four games right there, you know, the other two against Conval and Guilford, you know, if they can come out of that three and one, uh, maybe maybe two and two, um, you know. I think they're still in pretty good shape. So I think I think we're starting to see Hopkinton emerge, Laconia emerge, uh, Pelham emerge, and, and I like Plymouth as well. Plymouth Plymouth only loses seven to four to Pelham, and they've been putting up you know really good. They, they've they've been holding teams to under ten goals, and they've been putting up a lot of goals against the teams that they should. So I, I think you're starting to kind of maybe get a picture of your final four teams there in Plymouth, Pelham, uh, Hopkinton, and Laconia. You know, they Plymouth did pick up a uh, 7-6 win today over Campbell, which, uh, you know, we Campbell, we just kind of feel bad for the start that they've had because they, they were a team that looked like they were on the rise and just they're, they've lost some really close games and, and played some with really the tough competition. With the exception of that, of that Laconia score where you just don't know what happened that day, 17-4, they've, had, they've been within, you know, a couple goals of every single game they've played and could easily, easily be over 500 right now. Any other uh, any other thoughts on the uh, boys' side before we change gears a little bit in the last few few minutes? Well, I think you know th- today is today's scores especially. I think it's a you know it's a combination of you know weather that kids haven't experienced before, and you're coming off a of vacation. And even though to me it felt like it should be Friday, it was only <laughs> Wednesday today. So 
Um, I think you're going to start to see things uh, get back to normal a little bit next week as kids get off of that vacation kind of lull and uh, maybe get used to the weather a little bit more. It looks like this stretch of weather is only going to last a couple of days, and then we're going to go back to uh, well, that's colder, even a, rainier weather and again. And that's even assuming, you know, uh, what are they talking about? Thunderstorms coming up the next couple of days. So I think, you're, I think mm, some, yeah. some games are going to get in, some games aren't. Just a so. weird, weird spring. Uh, you know, look, looking at the um, girls' division one side, um, you know, an interesting outcome today with, um, you know, the Sauhegan girls had been right there neck and neck with Pinkerton undefeated. They go down to, or excuse me, they, they have Notre Dame come in to Amherst today and uh, fall 12-6. to six. Um, You know, so Sauhegan saddled with its first loss of the season, um, you know, Maybe I don't think it's a bad. I don't think it's a bad. Not thing a bad thing, no. I mean, but especially just, coming off know. a championship year, um, those girls maybe needing to see some competition and say, okay, we can get beat, and here are the things we need to do to get better. Um, especially after escaping, you know, some close games early in the year as well. Right. They had a uh, one goal game against Portsmouth, uh, double overtime win against Bishop Girton. You know, they still have uh, Bedford and Pinkerton coming up on the schedule, along with another out of state game against Norwell, which is always. A battle for them uh you know so by no means you know you may you may look at it and you see two undefeated teams at the top of the standings but by no means are they running away with the division because you know a lot of those games have been close games pinkerton one goal wins over bedford and bishop girton so far Pe- this year. And, and people i talk to keep saying well you know i think it's only a four-team race but you know exeter really impressed me you know only being down seven to five going into the fourth quarter against bg you know, I think you have to. I think you really have to include Exeter in the conversation as far as a team that can that can do some damage in the playoffs on the D one side. You know, an- another team that you know might be a step behind Exeter, um, but could certainly get into the conversation. I think is Merrimack. Um, you know, they started the year one and two with um, you know big loss to Sauhegan to open the season, but then a close loss to Exeter. You know, and since then they've won the games that that they should win. Um, a tough stretch for them coming up. They got Bedford, Bishop Girton. Uh, their next two games, um, they finished the season with Pinkerton, but you know that could be a team that's that's also, you know, maybe not vying for a, a home game in the first round, but they might give someone they they'll be a tough out for someone in the they quarterfinals. They will, I, and, and you get the right matchup, and you get a team that's overlooking them one day. I think I think that uh, they will. I agree. I totally agree with that assessment. You know, and, and just taking a quick look, um, Division Two in girl on the girl side is just—I I don't know what to make of it because you've got some schools that have played. I think it's a, two a team. handful I of games. I think it's still a two-team you race. Think so? I think you're looking. I think you're looking at Portsmouth and Winnicott again. I mean, they play to a nine. Portsmouth comes out on top, a nine-seven game. Two rivals on the seacoast. Um, you know, Hollis is off to a very nice start. And they um, they did just look, lose today at, to Portsmouth, so that was right, that was they, one result I was looking to see what yeah. happened there. Um, you know, and they had lost earlier in the season to Oyster River, who, who has dropped some games that, you know, um, on their side, they lost, they lost pretty big to Portsmouth earlier in the year, too. Um, so I, I, I just don't, you know, Wyndham traditionally has been strong when they moved up from D3. Hollis has always been strong, but I, I do think you're going to see. I think it's. A, I think you're going to see a Wyndham, uh, win, or sorry, a Winnicunit and Portsmouth final again this year. We're, you know, I don't know if it, looking at last week, Wyndham and Hanover played each other in in kind of back to back games. Just such a strange, you know, Wyndham goes up to Hanover and loses 15 to five. Two days later, Hanover comes down to Wyndham yeah, and Wyndham wins nine to six. Uh, you know, it just and then 
and then Wyndham turns around and loses to Hollis 16 and to 6 a couple days vacation later. Week, right? Was there someone, was there a girl that was away that came back? Uh, did they make some defensive adjustments? Such a strange, you know, and then you have you know, one, one game to keep an eye on, too, for Thursday. John Stark at Hollis Brookline. Of course, Hollis coming off the, the loss uh, to Portsmouth on Wednesday. But, you know, John Stark is... 4-0. They at, were a good team last defense, year. You know, yeah. Maybe maybe I am. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, we'll know. We'll know. They've got Hollis Brookline coming up, so we'll see that score. But very impressive start by John Stark, giving up an average of less than three goals a game in their in their first four games there. Um, not against the strongest teams in the division, but still. I mean, they're they're putting up, you know, 13 and a half goals a game and, and giving up less than two. So they'll have their chance to prove themselves coming up uh, tomorrow against Hollis Brookline. And, of course, Division Three girls looks like it's – um, you know, a, a seven-team race at this point. You got uh, Hopkinton that's undefeated, and then um, you know, you know five, other te- other five other teams with one loss. Hopkinton and Derryfield played each other to a one-goal game earlier in the season. With Hopkinton coming out with a nice road win at Derryfield, uh, Derryfield has since rebounded and, and you know put up some big scores against most of the other teams there. Um, you know, I, th- I think you're looking at their Kearsarge still returns most of their girls. They did lose their goaltender from last season, mm-hmm. um, and that that's that can be that can be a difference. Um, they'll be playing Derryfield at Derryfield tomorrow, so that'll be that'll be a big one there to see if they can turn around and steal steal a road win after losing at home to Derryfield earlier and kind of a, a muddy, rainy game there. Um, you know, and then uh, and then. You know, you can't really look over Laconia. I mean, when you talk Division Three girls lacrosse, Laconia has been a traditional power there forever. They drop a heartbreaker to, to Kearsarge. I was going to say, that was today, too, Kearsarge 14, Laconia. 14, 13, after beating them 15, 11 yeah, earlier. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, the one thing, you you know, you talk about Kearsarge being 4-4, four and four, um, you know, and maybe that means they, they have to go on the road uh, throughout the playoffs. They did it last year. They were the yep. sixth seed last year and came through and uh, – Finally got that championship that eluded seemed to elude them every time they got there. Uh, I, I like I like Kearsarge, I like Hopkinson, Derryfield, Laconia, and then I'll give you another team. I like Bo as well. Bo's got some very strong girls on their team. A couple girls playing uh, high level college lacrosse after they graduate. Um, they played Derryfield to to a thirteen eight loss uh, at Derryfield, so it'll be interesting, uh, you know, if they get them in the playoffs as well. Coach, uh, thank you again for joining us this week. As always, it's been a pleasure. Um, you know, uh, ho- uh, any other final thoughts before we uh, we depart for this week? Uh, I am going to hydrate, and uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully the weather hopefully the weather can make up its mind whether it wants to be winter or summer, and maybe settle somewhere well, in between. Let's not go. Let's not go with Let's winter. settle somewhere. Let's, let's settle let's somewhere in between. S- we'll let's just uh, say seventies. Seventies with no humidity would be no great. No humidity and no rain. Thank uh, goodness uh, there was no uh, humidity today. It would have been tough. Rain overnight. We'll take the rain overnight. We'll take the rain overnight. Right. That's right. He is so. uh, Chris Hetler, the Dairyfield Boys Lacrosse Coach. Uh, I am Joe Marcellina from nh-highschoolsports.com. Thanks again for listening.